It's November 12th, 2016, and this one's for you, shirts. I'm Colin Detmar. I'm Jesse Cox, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Yeah, so we want to give a quick shout-out to our, our friend... Uh, our, our friend? Our, our friend, fr- Brett Shirts. Our friend... Our friend, well, Shirtsing. I, I want to... Yes, our friend, Brent Shirtsing, who is uh, recovering from cardiac arrest, uh, and, uh, yeah, very unexpected, and he's, he, he seems to be doing pretty well, and we're... Really excited to to have you back, man. He played with us in the Battle Cup tonight. It was pretty good. He played. Oh yeah, he yeah. pretty bad. Did he play pretty bad? Yeah. No, he played really well. He played a uh, support Kunkka, which is like a a shirts like classic. He played an Oracle when we went Huskar. That was dope. Uh, oh, that's nice. You're yeah. you're talking him up for the you're talking him up for the audience. That's sweet. I know he played like garbage. It's fine. No, I think like our team has <laughs> a lot of um, like. I don't know. We, we there's the meta, and then there's like the kind of wheelhouse heroes that we pick from, and sh- like totally. <laughs> Shirts has his <clears throat> sorry signature heroes that he's that he's really good at, and and it's nice to, like his first day back to see him on those signature heroes still wrecking, and that's what happened. So totally, totally, yeah. Like the the game, uh, the first game I I commented commentated was with you guys, and uh, and and Shirts has his his support kunkka and yeah. it was like oh this is this is fucked up yeah it's pretty cool yeah i got him the um arc the immortal thing where it, uh the the what do you call it i don't know the sword where when you use torrent the whale tail comes out of the ground oh Just, nice yeah i got him got it for him as like a um like a get well present but uh turns out you can't trade stuff immediately that you get on the market so now we just have i had to like take the kunk and then trade swap yours with them so make it work <laughs> yeah i'll figure it out yeah <coughs> so jesse do you want to hear a joke mm, yes og dota <laughs> oh boy <laughs> they're not very Ugh. good dude i mean okay they're very good but like i it's Anna, think? man. It's not working. You think he'll get kicked? I think he'll get kicked. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, I don't know. It's just like I'm watching. I'm watching these games and these these admittedly not that important tournaments, but tournaments like like Dota Pit or like uh, Elimination Mode or you know, and all these all these little tournaments. And Anna is just like. He's getting worked. He he. I feel like he plays a very like Sumail style mid, but he's not nearly as good as Sumail. And like Sumail's sort of thing is that he plays like aggressive and makes things happen, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And if you're not good enough to make that work, you just get eight. And that's what happens. I see them. It, it, I see them putting him on like the the stuff like Juggernaut mid and stuff, but. Those games that I've watched, I watched the um, the ESL uh, Genting Grand Finals, like the best of five between Virtus Pro. Who can I say a Virtus Pro are my? Fa- I th- have I said in a previous episode that I think Virtus Pro are like my favorite team right now? Um, no, you haven't. Well, I said it to a friend of mine, but, like let it be known. I said it to a friend of mine before they won that ESL tournament, but I just, I don't know, man, they're like super aggressive, super fun style to watch. And they played OG in the finals for, um, that ESL, uh, Gent, is it Genting or Gent? I don't know. The most I recent ESL one. Um, 
Yeah, but it went all five games, and the games that it seems like the games that um, OG won, it wasn't really because of like even the fights that they won in those games, it wasn't because of Anna. It seems like he just did what he was supposed to do and then showed up, and then um, Jerex and uh, <coughs> S4, <laughs> S4 made shit happen. I also think S4 hasn't really been like I don't know. He plays yeah, bad. He's, he's been playing. He's been playing well, but I feel like he like with S4. I think it's just that he hasn't clicked with the team yet. I think he just needs more time to really like to to build that that relationship and that unconscious trust of of the other members of OG. Do you think he needs to build the comfortability with the position as well? Because like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably part of it too. Um, but yeah, like Jerax, like God, how long has it been since you saw Jerax not be incredible? Like, I watched a lot of this last week. I watched a lot of him um, playing Earth Spirit, and it's do this like hypnotic almost like it's the kind of video where you have to sit there and like click the pause play button like to make it go slow motion so you can see exactly what his keystrokes are because like in real time it's just completely incomprehensible everything that he's doing it's pretty anyone wild. who can make earth spirit look good in his current incarnation is phenomenal jerax is We'll have to have this conversation. Emily specifically wanted to to be on uh, to have the conversation about who the best position four and position five are in the pro scene right now. Um, Jerex is definitely one of the contenders for best position four, but we'll we'll save that one for when she when she gets here. Um, but yeah, I think like I don't know. I think S four the S four will figure things out. Jerex is playing great. Fly has never been the problem. I do think No-Tail should go back to being a support, though. And not because he doesn't have the skill to play a carry, but I don't think he has the instincts. I don't know. Like, I think he has the experience to play carry. Um, I don't know, dude. Fuck. Like, when he was playing carry on the last year's OG, then they did pretty well. Sure. I, I mean, I think he's good at it. I just think, like... At his core, he is a player who errs towards, like, more, like, I feel like there's sort of a middle state. You have heroes who want to play aggressive and sort of always go for fights, who can either, you know, who can sometimes be mids, but are often, like, position fours, supports, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, then there are ones who really need to play really safe. They're like Naga who need to just farm their asses off. And then there are ones in between. And I don't think No-Tail does the in-between very well. I think he can farm his ass off and ignore the game, or I think he can get involved constantly, but he doesn't seem to do the moderation very well. To me. I, I don't know, dude. I When I when I watched the, the Grand Final series, I, I didn't feel like No-Tail was a... Problem. I don't know. I, no, no. I mean, like this is like this is like optimization stuff, right? Like, sure. I, I, no tail is absolutely not not anywhere close to the top of OG's problems. To me, but. it felt like they were okay. So the difference between last year's OG and this year's OG, to me, just watching a lot of OG last year, and then I mean, the little that I have been able to this year, um, to me, it seems like they're the difference for them is that they're playing different styles and. 
like a little bit out of sync and i think that last year's og was um like their coordination was famous you know and then this year it's like maybe fly and no tail are still trying to make that coordination happen but there's something in like the different styles of like anna who is who is a famous pub player and jerax who is like somewhat of a veteran and s4 who is definitely a veteran and like those different styles or those different backgrounds haven't necessarily like gelled in the way that brings together like the coordination that fly and no tail were like very successful in creating last year you know so do you think they just need more time or do you think it's not going to happen i think they i think it's going to take practice i think that time sure but um yeah i mean you could say time because probably fly will make them practice or like the organization will make them practice to the point where that coordination will come or maybe it won't i don't know but like it it will take time but i think more than that it'll just take like familiarization between the players you know i don't know you know what i'm saying i do i do that's just a feeling i get i uh i don't think that they'll get all of that time i think anna will get kicked but um I think the rest of the team will get that time. But, uh, you know, so you you said that Virtus Pro is your favorite team right now. Absolutely. And uh, what my favorite team is right now is, uh, is, is Team NP. And actually, when I came home about uh, 45 minutes ago, I received in the mail... A bottle of FYM hot sauce, the first sponsor of NP Dota. Do a shot of it right now. No. Okay. I would then my voice would be messed up for the rest of this. That would be a bad idea. Maybe it would be like a cool thing that I don't know. People would think is funny, and then we'd get a lot of uh, listeners because they we're the hot sauce guys now. Bottle Crow, a hot sauce podcast. Go on. What were you saying about the hot? Have you tried it yet? <laughs> No, because I, cause I just got it. I haven't. I, I came home and I was going to record a podcast immediately. So okay. no, I'm gonna. I'll report back next time we record for sure. I'll probably tweet about it a bit. I hear it's really good on breakfast burritos, which is totally my jam. So good news. Uh, that's Dota related, right? Yep. I mean, in in an offshoot kind of way, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But. I uh, I do want to, like, NP Dota has been the most fun to watch for me, partially just because of that, that envy factor, right? Like, I don't know, it it almost feels like the truest distillation of, of, like, envy has been on teams before and he's been himself, but this whole team is him. Like, this whole team runs hot and cold and is genius when they really need it and is, like bizarrely incompetent when they've got a lead and it's it's just incredible to watch i heard that ee is just a glorious feeder i don't think that's unfair but also (laughs) like when they're behind like he's genius and i feel like that goes for the rest like owie 2000 has some of the smartest smartest itemization i've ever seen on a carry he is not constricted by ideas of typical builds. He just always knows what tool he needs for situation. He builds Orchid Malevolence on Sven, and it's amazing. 
Yeah. It's just fantastic to watch him play like that. I mean, we um, just actually had a game where we did that because the Bloodthorn, like... No, sorry, we were debating it. We got the Bloodthorn on OD instead of Sven, and the Sven just went straight Daedalus, but... I'm <coughs> <coughs> sorry. <coughs> God damn. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Owie is, like... It's cool to... Um, well, cool and kind of, like, shitty to analyze why people are successful Dota players, and I think Owie just has, like, an outrageously analytical mind, but maybe his personality is something that is, like, I don't know, what would you have to do to get Owie hype about something? Maybe he has that, maybe he has a hidden personality that I don't know about, but he just seems very, like, mellow, and if I was... On, on our Dota team, there's not a lot of mellow people. We're mostly shouting. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. NP. Owie is a very... He seems, just seems like a really smart guy. Yeah, I, I just like... I really enjoy watching them play because they're such an exciting ride. And it's made... They've, they've also been a really interesting mix with tournaments going on right now like Elimination Mode 2. Mm-hmm. which is uh, ongoing. Uh, you know the premise of Elimination Mode, I assume, Jesse, but also, but you may not, and I'm sure some of our listeners do not. So for their benefit, I will say Elimination Mode is a tournament where uh, essentially it's Captain's Mode, but as a series go on, any characters that have been picked or banned in previous games stay banned. Like, you can't pick them again. Um, so as the, as the series goes on, the available heroes grow fewer and fewer and it's it's amazing um one of the more fun things that they've done this year is that they are every day well the tournament is on hold for the moment because they have other things going on but every day they are having 10 heroes be banned by community vote and this actually had an amazing result because r slash dota 2 was like hang on guys we're most of the votes we can just dictate this. And that's and what so, happened? Yeah. No, they, they, so there was a topic one day that was like, hey, guys, if we all band together, we could ban every defensive support today. And they did. And the next day they're like, hey, how about we ban, like, most of the offlaners? And then they did that. And just, like, watching what that does to the meta is really crazy. Like... It was also really satisfying because me and Emily talked about it separately to other people, and we both basically predicted how the defensive support ones would play out, mm-hmm. which is like they don't like they will be very scared to take a fight, but when they do, they will be bloody bloody fights, and it's like yeah no that's that's exactly how that went. Uh, the offlaners one I haven't gotten to watch too many of those yet, but I'm really curious what it looks like with no, you know, like, no faceless void and no, you know, my brain is, is just stopping right now, but, like, the <laughs> band 10 offlaners, 10 of the most common offlaners, and it's just, like, that's going to be pretty crazy. It was nice to see, this is not related to the bands as much, but, like, it was nice to see Clockwork played again. I fucking love Clockwork. That hero yeah. is so far out of the meta. We just uh, played against a really, like, high-skill clockwork, and, and it was, like, just playing against it is, like, I don't know how to do it. 
yeah, it, like if they bring it back into the meta, then I, hopefully I'll learn how to do it again. But it's like one of those things where they're just getting like we realize that not enough people had four staffs, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of why Clockwork isn't played a lot right now because four staff is I don't know. Maybe Clockwork will come back if they nerf the range of four staff or something. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, I don't even think that's personally. I don't think that's the problem. I mean, like that's that's good, <clears throat> but. I do think that, hmm, I think that the problem is that he can't split push and he can't farm, and, like, offlaners who are just, like, who who just do one thing just aren't popular right now. Offlaners who can push and farm and fight. Offlaners who are almost other carries are kind of the meta right now, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about? I want to talk about something else with the meta. Is that a lot of people are doing like supports that will transition into core? So you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I. I mean, it feels like it feels like everything in the meta is leaning towards more. Like all our mids now. It used to be that you would get mids who were like like I mean mids like Magnus, right? At one point you had mids like Rubik. Now that would never happen because all your mids need to be able to carry. Yeah. And all your carries need to be able to carry. And all your offlaners need to be able to carry. And now we're starting to think that maybe your position fours need to be able to carry. It's I mean maybe not need to. EG sure. um EG like I think it depends a lot on the team. Um and like maybe not a lot on the team but a lot on what you want to do in a game and mm-hmm. and like how you want to play the heroes that you pick but EG still plays between Zion and Crit they both play like their traditional support heroes um, and like VP and OG pick like support Axe support uh, Bloodseeker support Tiny support Slardar and stuff like that and that's why I like oops sorry <laughs> uh, that's why I like <coughs> those teams because I don't know. Do you expect uh, jungling Bloodseeker that goes Brown Boots Dagon? No. At this point, I do, but <laughs> in your MMR solo games, maybe I actually tried okay, sure. that in a solo game, and it was like really successful. And then I tried it again, huh. and it was really unsuccessful. No. I don't know, and I don't have the patience to like sit there and think about why this build didn't work because I was just trying to goof in the goof. So one of the examples of the the core that, or the support that transitions into a core is, of course, Kunkka. Um, What other examples are you thinking of? Um, Well, like I said, VP, like, Lil will pretty much do anything from, like, Axe to uh, Bloodseeker to Tiny and Slardar Mm. and... um, Tiny, huh? Oh, Jerax did the tiny in, on OG. Interesting, I didn't see that. You should watch it, it's pretty crazy. What they did was they put No-Tail on a Naga, um, which may sound boring, but it, he was a support Naga until like four or five minutes in. They just wanted to get uh, a, <coughs> some item on or some levels on tiny. I think they wanted to get him like level three or four and get him treads or, or maybe like 
a bottle or something. I don't remember exactly what their plan was, but the gist of it was to get like some level of farm onto the tiny, and then he just runs around and does shit, and then like Naga because like by virtue of her hero like being able to farm so fast, it wasn't necessarily an issue. And what do you do on Naga's carry? You just kind of sit back and and the four of you yeah. fight while she farms. So I mean, it wasn't like bad at all. And then actually, they did they win that game? I think I'm pretty sure they won that game. But it if they lost. I don't remember it being because of that strategy, and I think that strategy is actually like more and more viable uh, <coughs> because the meta. <coughs> sorry, the meta is switching to a point where like, um, I don't know. Almost, almost every hero is a weird viable position for, and that like. I mean, like, Dota is so cool because of the variation and the complexity and the fact that you can have, like, a position for Tiny. is like, that's... It's just making the game better. Mm. Do you have any other ideas for, like, position fours that... I want a very small buff to Wind Ranger's early game (sighs) so that she can be a... Listen. Did you hear that, Colin? Sorry. I I heard that. Hold on. Wind Ranger is the best hero in this game. She's the most fun. She's the most interesting. She has the probably the most cosmetics. She's the greatest. Everyone should want more of her in their games. And I'm really, I'm really bummed that support Wind Ranger is just not a thing anymore. That sucks. The when I became attached to her, it was because she was the most flexible hero in Dota, and now she's anything but. And she's still the greatest, but it's a bummer for me. Maybe they'll come back. It, what do you think I, they need to do I to make so. her come back as a support? I mean, I, I think maybe early levels of, of Shackle Shot need to be better. Yeah. Or just like, like one-man Shackle Shot, maybe? And then nerf the nuke or something to balance it? I don't know. I mean, I think I think she needs the nuke. I mean, I think, like, <clears throat> Shackle Shot should still be, like, it should still be a thing that you have to be pretty careful to position and you have to, you know, like... I don't want the unlatched shackle shot to be any better. It should still be the fucking pathetic mini stun. You should still feel bad because you fucked up. You're a scrub. You fucked up. Get out of my fucking house. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, like, it scales pretty well. But, like, if the, you know, those those first two levels, like, you need two points in shackle shot to consider using it at all. Using a level one shackle shot is, is pointless. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Make it a little better early on. Or... Maybe make it so that the power shot does more damage to someone who's in a shackle, maybe? I don't know. Give her something. Ice Rog, you're creative. Figure it out. But how do you make... I don't know. She's not a very popular mid right now, either. No, and also, like, she's never been scary for her early game, right? Like, she's a late-game beast, but even as a carry mid, she takes a while to come online and she can stay safe in lane, but she's not dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it would be a problem to nerf that part of her as a carry, or buff that part of her as a carry either. I don't know. I am I am the most biased crowd, so... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So the other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to uh, the Dota scene, the pro scene specifically is that um, 
it's kind of a different thing, actually, which is Overwatch. You know what Overwatch is, right? It's that video game. It's that video game. It's made by those people what made the Diablos and the World of Warcraft. The world um, of it. It's, it's like, world. Uh, if you don't know, if you actually don't know what it is, it's a lot like Team Fortress 2, um, but with a lot more variety and a lot more complex. Um, a lot more MOBA inspiration. Um, so they recently, at, at BlizzCon, their their convention every year, uh, which was, was this week, I guess? Last week? I don't remember. It was it was recently. Um, they announced the Overwatch League, which is their pro scene solution. And it's interesting, because it is different than basically everyone else in esports. Um, they're doing the League of Legends thing, the Riot thing, where they have pros who are paid by Blizzard. They make a salary, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the teams are also, like... You're not gonna have evil geniuses in in fucking in Overwatch. That's I mean, maybe you will in some form, I guess, but like the teams are all going to be based on cities, right? Like you will have the New York whatevers, you will have the like Hong Kong whatevers, because it's also an international league. And like they are salarying these people, they are paying them to stay together as a team, they wanna form like regional rivalries and stuff and it's a really interesting approach and I don't think copying it would work for Dota but I wonder if there are some interesting lessons to be learned for Dota I'm really curious to see how it all shakes out of course is this your first time hearing about all this? Yeah it is actually and I think that's cool I think that's cool like their regional thing is cool and I agree that maybe like Dota in the place that it is right now, Valve has a lot of control and I don't think well Valve has a lot of control, but they also have a lot of cooperation from the teams, you know, and I don't think mm-hmm. that they'll be jumping the gun to move to that format. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like w- I don't know. Watching the the um I just want to see like a a series of more than just two majors in in a international. Yeah. That's what I want. Well, you know, the other thing I would like to see, like, I don't think, like, I don't want Valve going like, okay, like, Evil Geniuses, you need to disband, and you need to choose a city, and that's your, you're the Boston, you're the Boston Geniuses now. Like, that's not, that's not what I want. No. But I wouldn't mind Valve being like, hey, you guys, all, all teams that are, like, top tier right now, all tier one teams, if you do not change your roster for one year, we will pay every member of your team $10,000. Just fucking keep your shit together for five fucking minutes. <laughs> and then yeah. just, you know, Valve drops its head into its hands and starts crying. <laughs> but do you think, like, I mean, from a, from a, like, a business standpoint, do you think it's... I don't know. I just feel like the community is so used to the roster shuffle thing that. But like that's the that's the really hardcore community, right? Like, we're we're not going to make new fans this way because how can you be a fan of anything, right? Like, every time there's a roster shuffle, I have to do my homework to figure out what teams I like now. Yeah, people don't want to do that. 
Like, I kind of want to do that because I'm a crazy person. You can tell because I run this Dota podcast and people keep, people who host it with me keep being like, I'm going to stop playing Dota. And I keep being like, fuck you, I'm going to continue this podcast anyway. <laughs> um, don't, don't leave me here, Jesse. Um, <laughs> but like... Normal people don't want to do that. Normal people want to be like, oh, shit, there, there's my boys. Same team I've supported for, you know, two years now. Love those guys. They just want to be able to cheer for people. They want to have, they want to have a horse in the race. And they don't want to have to worry too much about it every time. How, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting, like, the idea of offering bonuses to teams for staying together is interesting and... I don't know, it must take a lot of, like, project projection research to build a model to say, like, okay, we are going to gain revenue from giving, because that would be expensive, you know? I, I don't know, you said $10,000, I think, that's, I don't know, man, I just it don't was know. Just a, like, it was just a random number. Sure, but, yeah. I just don't know, like, okay, so, th- this is me, hi, I'm Gabe Newell. It seems like hi, hi. I think that the the better thing to do, like, there are not people, and if there are, this it must be a minuscule crowd. Um, there there can't be very many people who are fans of the Dota scene without actually playing the game themselves. And so I think that the smarter thing to do is to make the game more accessible, which it seems like they've been trying to do. <coughs> uh, hi, Gabe. I'm your Illuminati boss who actually runs Valve, and you dance to my tune. Um, so the problem with your idea, Gabe, like, you're right. Right now, the Dota community is all, like, basically all anyone who likes the pro scene also plays the game. That's the problem. We need to get to the game to a point where people who don't play the game enjoy watching it, because then you're going to get more money, or more importantly, I'm going to get more money. Why aren't you getting more money, Gabe? Also, with what's with all the knives? Why do you like knives so much, Gabe? Because I like to cut up my cheeseburgers into little tiny pieces and then eat them. That's I, more adorable than I expected. I'm um, Gabe Newell. I'm a pretty adorable guy. I think <laughs> I think that... Um, look at that face. I think that... Uh, I don't know. The point where The point where somebody can just jump into a sport... I just don't think that Dota's, Dota will ever get there like i just don't i honestly do not believe that dota will ever be at the point where it'll be on tv and somebody who has never watched the game will jump on and be like i am now a fan of this you know i just don't it's it's really hard for me to imagine that it is not hard for me to imagine a world in which dota has been made understandable enough that people who watch league of legends can watch a Dota match and understand what's happening. Uh, that okay. seems possible. Yeah. I I mean, that seems more possible. Although, I will say that if we... I don't know how much more we want to talk about this, but um, I will say that last year for TI5, uh, I actually went with... I had an extra ticket, so I invited my friend who has never played Dota. <coughs> and he had a hell of a time. Like He watched as much Dota as we did... Um, like me and my friend who play a shit ton, <clears throat> and he was actually gonna like he was stoked to come this year, but he, I mean, he had made other plans for the time when TI six was going on, and like, I don't know, it's possible, and it definitely takes the right kind of person, but like the amount of complexity in the game 
like while it is the thing that makes the game great, it also kind of keeps so many people out that like for sure. Where are they? I think actually like stun bars is a really smart thing and and mm-hmm. and you say what you will about like it making the game easier and whatever, but if you are a business like Valve then making the game easier is a smart decision and like okay, I'm cool with it, I guess. (laughs) Like, as a player, for as someone who plays the game a lot, I'm, I don't know. Make it easier, like, bring more people in. I want, like, the the reason why we do this podcast, I think we're probably biased because we're people who um, enjoy sharing the game with people. Um, And, like, the easier the game is, the more people we are able to, like, share ourselves with. Um, but I also think that that's not a bad bias to have, and and yeah, yeah. I think I think if you don't like sharing the game with people, then probably there's something unhealthy about the way you're playing the game. Honestly, that's like uh, also a very big clientele for Dota Two. Gone. <laughs> uh, fucking wait till wait till we get to a later section, and you will you will you will find out that I make all kinds of claims that I can't back up. Um. Anyway, with that little teaser, <laughs> um, so have you kept up with with Navi? Nope. Guess what? Nope. Well, so here's the thing: Navi doesn't really have a roster right now. Hmm. Uh, Navi. Navi fired some people. <laughs> right now, Navi is three people. Uh, Dendi in general stayed on. That is to say, Ditya Raw. Art Style and Seneco were fired. And they have one person on the team who was not in the previous incarnation. Do, do you want to guess? Because it's guessable, or should I just tell you? I'm looking at the notes, but I don't know. Ah, yeah, I didn't give you any clues in the notes. Don't be crazy. Okay, what is it? Who is I just it? wrote the word Navi. Havost is back. Hmm. I don't know much about him. Tell me about him. I actually don't. You don't that wasn't. That sounded like a. That sounded like a, a neat little saying. Hey, Colin, will you tell me about this this Dota boy? You don't know about the TI winning Navi carry Havost. Not really, dude. Because that's a, that predates me by a little bit. Honestly, really? and you, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ! I thought this was a safe environment for no, me to express. No, it's fine. I just, I, I always forget. Like anything that I get into, I then get into the history of. Right? Like I fucking started playing video games with the PS2, but you better believe I know my NES games like the back of my hand. I don't know. That's just a thing I do. Um, yeah, Havost, Havost is the original novice, like hard carry. He, uh, he left the team. Because of some uh, some conflicts, some might say some ego issues, right? And since then, he's done a tour of the CIS team, bouncing from team to team. And uh, I think maybe he's coming back a little humbled, realizing how good he had it on Navi, and he's ready to kick some ass. Havost was the ca- like the safe lane carry who picked people like he picked he played a lot of troll. He played a lot of gyro, and he was the one who was just always looking for a fight. Kind of, like, aggressive, only, like, more psychotic. I mean that as a compliment. I realize as I say it, that doesn't sound like a compliment. But, like, I remember a moment in 6.83 when Havost was playing Troll, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And... 
people came to gank him top lane when he was farming. It was a, it was a, a, a three-person gank. And so first two people came in, and he was by himself. There was no support there, and he killed them. And the third person came in, and then he killed them. And then he saw a fourth person and just started running after them. There was another moment back in the day when he was playing Gyro, and someone went on him when he was bottom, and he dropped a call down on them, and then he turned to leave, and the commentators were just beside themselves with the concept that Havost saw a fight and was not taking it. That is Havost. He is a hyper, hyper aggressive Russian carry, and it's great to watch. Damn, dude. You know who else plays like that? Ramses from Virtus Pro. Yeah, actually, he does, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that super cool, like, Russian or CIS style. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know, dude. Maybe I would... I just don't know enough about Navi. Like, my Dota history isn't, like... Whatever. I don't know. Okay, sorry. You know I'm what? Next rambling. episode. Next episode, we'll we'll give we'll give people some Dota history because I think that's a thing that people could use a little of. Some our our lore of the week for next week. I'm committing now. Will be the history of some of the great teams of Dota. Nice. And we'll talk about that. You will be talking about that, and I'll be <laughs> listening. Um, you can ask questions. You can engage. Okay. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. But nowhere is a safe space when you're fighting Underlord. Mm. Underlord. <laughs> Excellent segue. Yeah, hey. it's all, You know what makes a seg better? Calling it out always improves it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's funny how bad we are at this. Uh, did, did you come up with something to share with us, Jesse? Um, you go first. Okay. My idea is bad. Okay. My idea is... His Aghanim's upgrade is, of course, for, for his, his... What is it called? His teleport thing. Is it like... Dark Rift. Dark Rift. Dark Rift. That was, yeah. I'm not looking at it either. This um, is straight pull so from the brain. Dark Rift now to Underlord and everyone that teleports with him for a Dark Rift gets three seconds of spell immunity because I'm tired of people using Dark Rift to run away. Use Dark Rift to go in. Use Dark Rift to fuck them up. That'd I be want sick. blood. It'd probably <laughs> be too good, but fuck it, I want blood. I want you to murder people. I don't want you to hit Dark Rift because a fight's going bad. I want you to hit Dark Rift because you see someone across the map and you want their fucking ass. What if you... What if Dark Rift reset cooldowns? For everyone who teleported? Yeah. Is that too nuts, Con? Am I just a what? Am I just like a what? Loose cannon cop? Just out for revenge? I don't know. Because hmm. right I mean, now, what is this? probably his... too good, but I kind of want it. Well, I don't know. I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, your brain immediately goes to, like, fucking, you know, Enigma, right? Or Tidehunter, these heroes who have these huge cooldowns. Yeah. How broken that would be on them. So a part of me wants to say, like, maybe it doesn't refresh your ultimate, like maybe a Phoenix it, egg. Maybe it reduce, like, maybe it takes 30 seconds off the cooldown or something. I want to see people use it aggressively, like you said. And then that yeah. would, like, that would encourage people to just, like rift straight on top of somebody's dome and then use their shit totally 
Yeah, I think I think some form of that would be really fun. I want to, yeah. It's 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 really cool to see people get out in the nick of time, but like one of my favorite plays from elimination mode was uh actually <laughs> was no, it was yeah. Yeah, it was EG yep. against uh against uh fucking OG actually cuz Anna was out of position and a clockwork played of course by universe stalled Anna for long enough for a dark rift to bring in the team and they just fucking mopped him up and it was nice. amazing. Yeah, it's the hero has a lot of potential. Do you think Arc Warden's dead? <laughs> like, what does he even do anymore? I mean, I don't think he's dead. I think, like... I've I seen mean, a lot not... of... You know who's really good at Arc Warden? Actually, hmm. sorry. Um, and then we can talk about why he's good and why Arc... Like, how you should be playing Arc Warden. Is Arteezy. Yeah, I bet he would be. He does a lot of, like, really creative zoning with the... Um, what are those? With the... Um, Wraiths with the spark race, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, like the spark race is a really underrated spell. It's really pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. You just like I think that's what it's kind of weird to watch and like. Me, I don't want to say boring to watch, but it's just like so so or kind of a gamble to watch because if you put the spark race down in the right place, then somebody gets bursted and and like. Yeah, <laughs> like the the visualist said, they're just being chased by a ghost, and then they just like take this massive amount of damage. But if you mm-hmm. can't, if you put them in the wrong place, then it's just nothing happens, and you just go back to I don't know, being a weird gangly electricity man. I mean, like they're a trap, though. Like, I mean, I haven't played a ton of Arc Warden. I've played some. Um. And I feel like when I when I was at my smartest, I placed Spark Wraiths in a way where it was like, okay, either you're going to take this damage or your retreat is cut off, right? Like, I placed them at the top of a set of stairs you wanted to go up. It's yeah. like, you want to come down and face me? Or do you want to take the damage? Up to you, bro. Yeah, that's how um, Arteezy is just really creative with that. And I think that's what, like... I don't know, there's not really much else like that in the game no no and i mean like i think like i think once we see him enabled in captain's mode which i think is honestly i think it'll be 6.89 um then we'll see some some fireworks um i think like he's he's a really high execution hero which is why we're not really seeing him in our pubs you really have to you really have to work at him almost like a meepo Mm -hmm. um but, like, I think the potential is really amazing. Obviously, like, I mean, you know, he's got the slow and damage over time. He's got the Spark Wraith with, you know, which grants a vision and also does the damage. He's got the, uh, like, the fucking 100% evasion field that attack ups your attack speed. And his clone can cast all of his spells and starts with the full mana. And, like fucking the power of if nothing else just popping your your tempest double and then just like spamming spark wraith like crazy while it's out just to harass them when all it costs you is the cooldown it costs you zero resources because any resources your tempest double spends you don't care about is amazing yeah i mean you as long as you have uh um (coughs) 
damn it, sorry. As long as you have um, diffusal blade charges, you just get a free diffusal every mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and you get I don't know. That's that in itself is is a cool idea. Um, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I was pro- I was an ultra scrub, and I just built a Dagon and just you know. <laughs> oh <laughs> but, boy! <laughs> listen, the hero's a- hard asshole. <laughs> Uh, what you don't like two e blades, two dagons? I you don't love, think that's fun? I actually really love that. You know what my favorite? <laughs> can I tell you what my favorite? Uh, or my favorite cheese combo that never works is yeah. is that um, me and my friend would go bounty hunter. No, we'd go necro. Yeah, necro bounty hunter, and we would just uh, he would just get a shadow amulet on necro, and then I would just stand on top of him, and we would just sit. And wait, and we'd both have Dagons, and then we would just zap, zap, and then Necro ult, and then walk away. That's my combo. It's, I, uh, it's called the long con, because sometimes you just got to sit there for two or three minutes until somebody man. walks up. <laughs> That's, uh, that is, <laughs> is it worth it? Nope. Never was, uh, but it's still funny. When I was uh, When I was pushing my way through the lower 2Ks... Uh, I I went on a run as Treant where I would buy a Dagon because using a Dagon while invisible as Treant doesn't reveal you, and it was the funniest. It was the best way to play cleanup from a fight. Is like they're retreating from the fight and just like a laser comes out of the trees with no warning. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, cracked me up. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's still plenty of potential for Arc Warden. He just he needs to be put in the hands of really skilled players who will show him off and also optimize the builds because that's one of the things that happens when pros start playing a hero is that they figure out the optimal build and that makes even the scrubs better, you know? Yeah. So. Um, but our last thing for this episode is going to be a listener email, actually. Beauty. Is it, can I be, can I, can you tell me, you can cut this out if you want, if it's too embarrassing, but have there been a lot of them? No. This no, is the I mean, only you know, one, to, Colin? We had to, we very recently had to change our email address because I couldn't check the old one. I don't know how many were sent to that one. This it's, isn't the first one we've ever gotten. I can tell you that. We've had, we've had a number of, of listener emails in the past um, that I got. And uh, then there was a long period where I didn't get any because I lost access to the account and didn't <laughs> realize that I had. So now that it's back, send your emails, bottlecrowreborn at gmail.com. We will be delighted. Almost a guarantee we will read them on the podcast. <laughs> Almost 100% guarantee that we will, we will read them. So this one actually is a, is a correction for me. Oh this boy. one comes in from Andrew Bicar. Love the podcast, but you got the whole American qualifiers thing wrong. It wasn't the main qualifiers. Everyone was fine with that. It was the open qualifiers. The open qualifier one was fine, but Pro Dota, a team 100% based and from EU, came in and won beating Veggies. They said that they had asked Valve and Face It, and it was okay. Seeing this, heaps of EU teams with no relation to America came in to the open qualifier two. This is where the top four teams were all European. People were understandably annoyed, but it wasn't based on racism or anything. Many of the teams simply lost in their EU Open Qualifier 2 and then decided to give it another shot in the American Open Qualifier 2, giving them one more shot than any of the other teams and taking the places of the teams from all of the Americas. 
So that correction comes in from Andrew Bicar, and it is it is well taken. I had no fucking idea what I was talking about, apparently, and I'm sorry. I was real I was real snotty about it too, wasn't I? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like at face value, it's kind of I don't know. At face value, for someone to say like American teams should only be American players is is kind of a shit thing to say, but. It's more, it, like, the situation is always more complex than someone like us will be able to, uh, sure. um, like, it's always more complex than we're going to give it credit for, so, like, thanks for writing and, you know, in. And, like, there were there were people on r slash Dota 2 being like, if you're not really an American, get out, you know, there was, there was a lot of that actually going on. Sure. But, yeah, no, I, if teams that aren't even based in America that are just applying for this because apparently they can get in anyway that it is a little messed up mm-hmm. and i think that's it for this episode of bottle crow thank you so much for joining me jesse after yeah. your your marathon session of dota that has left you spent and exhausted yeah man i um, think i'm gonna go play rocket league or something i don't know I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go watch our games from earlier, because I uh, was a Dazzle, and I uh, one-on-one, I 1v1'd a Dragonite, and I killed him, and I just want to watch that again. <laughs> Who does that? I do that. Um, Did number you buy one. a Dagon or something? Hell no, dude. I'm just straight up, it just weave, minus armor, heal bomb, like, he was already well beyond, like, very, very close to dead, but, you know. It was. Right. It's an exciting. I'll, I'll actually, yeah, I'll link you to it after this. It was. It's a cool. We had a, a really cool series of games. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, I am gonna go uh, make a new breakfast burrito with my FYM hot sauce, but and report back on that next week. But until next week. I want to say thank you to uh, Red User Promoti for use of the Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which is our intro and outro music for this podcast. I, uh, I want to ask you guys if you can give us a rating review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you are listening to this podcast. We Please. would greatly appreciate that. Please. That would be wonderful. There's still that um, back rub on the line, too. If if you do that and when we meet in person, I give a pretty mean yeah. back rub. Yeah. Just, Jesse is, is like sticking to this promise, so I think he'll actually do it. <laughs> Um, and, uh, if you like the work that I do, you can go to scanlanemedia.com and check out some of my, my games writing and a, another podcast I do there. And if you want to support this podcast or that site or both, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and, and, and chip in a little, uh, any of that goes towards getting us new equipment and stuff. Eventually I'm sure Jesse's going to need, you know, a microphone or something or I'll need some new recording software. <laughs> Who knows? The future is unknowable. But until then, there will be a future episode. I am sure of that. And we'll see you then. See ya.